Hey, this is Sully from the band Theft to the Gallows, REB Records, recording live from Villa Gorilla Studios and the Gothic House. And this is my What the Punk podcast. Like, this is like totally one of my favorite songs. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I like this one. So I wrote this one about um, getting lost in the woods with a buddy of mine. We were snowboarding up on Mount Hood. And uh, uh, we went out, we went uh, under the ropes into an out-of-bounds area. Just trying to get, trying to get the sweet powder, you know. And uh, we, uh, we totally got lost and couldn't get back to like the ski resort. Um, so we had to, we had to hike in like this, like, like totally deep snow. Like every step is like a, you know, it takes so much energy. And, uh, yeah, we made, we, we eventually made it to the road and, uh, we hitchhiked back to the parking lot where our car was. And like the sun was down. Like it was like, we, it was like, we were just having so much fun. It was like a great day. We've been like drinking and like smoking weed all day on the mountain. <laughs> now we're lost in the woods and like dying. We're so exhausted. This was going to be the last run. So we're like totally exhausted. And um, it went from just like, it was that like moment in life where it was like, we're having so much fun. And then it's like, oh, we're in like a serious situation. <laughs> people, is, people, this is bad. People, people yeah, died. this is really bad. Like yeah. every year. The numbers come out. It's like five people died on Mount Hood. Like, don't mess around up there, people. Like, it's very, very dangerous. Like, you don't like. And um, there's a line where it's like, I I've been coming up here for years and always found my way back. Like, because um, we would always go like under the ropes and like we were, you know, it's like. Um, but yeah, we got we got really lost and um, we made it out alive. And so like the the. Uh, there was a point where I, I laid down on the snow. The sun is like down. It's dark. Like we're dying of exhaustion. Uh, and I just like lay down on the snow and like I look over and I can see headlights really far in the distance. I can see a car coming. Like, so I'm like, oh my God, that's the road. Like, if that's the road, then we live. <laughs> then we live through this. Like, it sucks that we're going to, we still have to walk a while to get there, but like, that's civilization. That's a person like driving a car. So we will survive this ordeal. We're not going to die on the mountain tonight. Like, and it was like, so I wrote that song. Like, here comes the road. Like, you know, like we, we will live, you know, did in a weird way. Didn't that make you almost feel more alive? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like, I wish you could just bottle that feeling up. And you don't have without to without like, the possibility of actually dying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. How do I get close enough that it feels like it's real, but I don't really want yeah. to die? Oh yeah, because dude, just the feeling of like, like seeing the road—it was just so good, you know. Like, because it's like we knew we because our cell phones didn't work, so we couldn't like look up on the, like. We we didn't know like we could s- kind of look at a map where like, we don't really know where we are. We. The road's probably in that direction, so let's just go there. You Did know. you feel the temperature getting colder? Yes, yes. And the temperature it. was going down. This is the not was a going good down. Like it's like it's like five thirty p.m. or something. Like and uh, 
Yeah, so um, it's fun. That's a great song. Thank you. You got a great song out of it. Thank you. I'm glad you didn't die. Yeah, I like that one too. PSA, weed, beer, and snowboarding, 
make sure you cut off early. <laughs> We're not saying don't do it, but make sure you got your cell phone charged. Don't, yeah. Make sure you got the don't maps. Mess around. Yep, don't yeah. Don't mess around. Don't it's mess good. around. You don't want to square up against Mother Nature. Have you had other situations like that where you've been like, oh man, that was just really, really stupid. Stupid. Yeah. But at the same time, I think there is. And I've said this too. I think this is. I think guys are getting a bum rap these days, to mm. be honest with you. I think, like, oh, that's toxic male whatever, right? Mm-hmm. There's a saying that if a boy is never shown a gun, they invent them mm. with their fingers. Like, if you, they never see a show and they never see oh, anything, wow. they'll just be like, Pow! they just, it just, it's like ingrained. Right. And I think with, with guys, and not all guys, I don't mean stereotypical, but there is something that harkens like we need like a danger thing. There's like this thing yeah. of how stupid can I be that mm-hmm. makes it dangerous without being too stupid? Yeah. How far can I touch the stove? Yeah. Without actually burning myself? And then I would have friends that just didn't have that kind of gauge mm-hmm. and then you're like dude that's not good it, it yeah. almost crosses the line so i think from yeah i don't know do you get what i'm saying oh absolutely yeah. and it is so it's such a it's such a fine line because like 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 we were talking earlier about how like living out here like there's no mountain there's nothing like mount hood out here and so like moving out here i've like really learned to like love and appreciate mount hood because it's like that's where we would always go snowboarding and like I love being up there and, and snowboarding and um, missing it and like really wanting to get back like that feeling of like I want to get up there and I want to just go and I want to just rip through the powder and it's like the fact that I can't do it every weekend like I used to like that all that pent up like you know energy of like wanting to like let that out is what led me to that place beyond the ropes of being lost. You know what I mean? And I was like having that thought when I, as we're like hiking through this snow of just like, man, like I really like need to understand, like learn a lesson here that like, you know, there, that's like very, a very like dangerous feeling, even though it's like, yes, like there is this part of you that like, you should feed that, like that part of you that wants the adventurous like spirit, but it's like, it could kill you. Like, and it's like that, where is the line? I don't know, you know? Um, right, but if you have that need and that... You form, can't not feed it, yeah. I was just, what was, I was just reading the newspaper. This was the newspaper, my phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was reading uh, the Epoch Times. And they had an article about these ice climbers that died. Yeah. It, it might have been, in or I'm... Completely talking on my butt right mm-hmm. now. It could have been in Oregon, but they were on. They were climbing a wa- frozen waterfall. Yeah. And I always read comments because I think sometimes yeah. the comments, <laughs> right. like in the comments now, someone will make, and you're just like, it's like "What kind of idiot climbs a frozen waterfall?" Yeah. But yeah. if you read the art, if you actually read the article, right. not just the headline, this woman was a professional climber since she was like 18. Yeah. She's 38. Yeah. Had done it like 40 times mm-hmm. before. Yeah. And that's where she belongs. Like, and then she ended up breaking and Mm -hmm. her and somebody else got crushed and some whatever. But I would argue, was she never supposed to do that? Exactly. So it's like, did you see the, um, 
uh, what was the documentary about the kid uh, on Netflix? Uh, the Alpinist. Have you seen this? No. If you like what you were just talking, you should watch The Alpinist because it's about this kid who is like just a wild man climber, and he's climbing frozen waterfalls, and he's like scaling these peaks that like no one's ever been to and stuff. And um, well, if you haven't seen it, I don't want to like no go go give it away. Spoiler. Like, so okay, this is a spoiler. This is a spoiler. He ends up dying. Like, he uh, he ends up getting caught in an avalanche and dying. And he's, like, 23 when he dies. He's, like, super young. Um, and it's the same kind of thing. It's just, like, was he not supposed to be there? Like, I don't think so. I think that, like, he, this guy, like, just was living the way he wanted to live. And he actually lived, like, a pretty beautiful life. Even though it's so tragic, it's, like, you know... He was Yeah, but maybe he lived his life to the fullest. Maybe that just was what his life was supposed to be. How old was he when he, he died? Yeah, he was like twenty three or something. So that like reminds me of like, um do you know the writer uh John Krakauer? Mm-hmm. Uh, In the Wild's my favorite book. Oh, okay, oh my favorite book. Chris McCallis, yes, right. Yes. Okay, and the movie's awesome. I love the movie. Eddie Vedder ki- killed it. Yeah. Sean Penn directed it. Amazing. Okay, yeah. so we're on the same page here. Yeah, yeah. So Love the Eddie Vedder soundtrack. Oh, it's, it's one of my favorite albums. Dude, it, it's recorded like your second album, that kind of role. It's yeah, the same thank vibe. Thank you. Yeah, no, it, that's I love like, Eddie Vedder on that. That's, oh, yeah. honey, that's, I think that's better than any Pearl Jam mm-hmm. album, as far as I'm concerned. I like Pearl Jam. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no I, yeah. I totally agree. The End of the Wild soundtrack. Yeah. But Chris McHale's people were, 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 were criticizing when right. he died of... Just had a death wish. So he yeah. went to live in Alaska, mm-hmm. for people that don't know, and... It was like 18, 19, 20? It was like, it was, he died in like the 90s. No, no, I'm saying how old yeah. he was though. He was he was young when he went. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, he was like, yeah, 24 or something. It was, it was young. Yeah. But he was yeah. a known out, environmentalist, outdoor enthusiast. Mm-hmm. And he actually researched. He had his book on what to eat, what not to mm-hmm. eat. And he ended up eating the wrong berries or flowers. Yeah. I'm, I'm blanking. Yeah. Which then started dehydrating him. He and ate the seed. What happened was he ate the seeds of the the potato root that he had been eating all summer. He and so he was like, "Well, okay, I'm eating the root." It's like, and then he found the seeds. He was like, "Well, I can eat the seeds," but the seeds apparently were like poisonous or something, and they shut down his digestive system. Right. So he even if he could catch game to eat or drink water, it would just, he would just like throw it up. So he just starved, and he couldn't cross the yeah. river at the time. Right. Because it was right. the season. But people were calling him an idiot for that. It was never recorded mm-hmm. that those seeds were poisonous. Mm-hmm. Nobody right. knew they were yeah. until he and, ate them. And Krakauer like really gets into that at the end of the book. Like, yeah. Like even like a certified botanist would not have like known that. Like this kid was really smart and like knew like, yeah, yeah. So, um, so was he not supposed to? It, so, it said he died. It yeah. said that anybody dies, but he was living his mm-hmm. authentic self. Yeah, all the way to whatever end that is. Yeah, and yeah. Do you ever read? Um, my kids and I read a lot of John uh, Gary Paulson. He's mm-hmm. um, he has written. Um, oh my god, I was freaking blank. I was just talking about this. Brian's Hunt. Um, mm-hmm. He's written all these books about uh, this character that ends up going into 
in a plane crash into the wilderness. He's written all these books about it. It's fantastic. And um, Brian's Return, Brian's Hunt, Brian's Winter. And it's all, and he ends up in this plane crash and having to survive for X amount of days. Yeah. Basically teaching himself how to live in the wild. Mm -hmm. And nature, one of the lines he writes is that he didn't conquer nature. Nature beat the stupidity out of him. Mm -hmm. And he had to like, I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And then Gary writes in the back of all his, his books, he, half the things that happened to Brian, Brian Robeson, um, He's like, I, I, I did the same stupid shit. Right. I did the same things, mm-hmm. and I just put it into the character. And I think that that's that we keep coming back to the danger, mm-hmm. the danger of you snowboarding, mm-hmm. right? This you could die climbing an ice waterfall, yeah. doing something, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like from it's so easy to understand how someone would just be like, why would you? go up in, on the mountain and do that. You know what I mean? Like, you don't need to. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. Done is done. 
So that's a great thing, you know. I mean, just, yeah, bringing it back to Here Comes the Road. Like, that's that's a story. That's, like, one of the few ones, that's, like, actually a true story that I wrote about. Like, I don't really do that a lot. Like, I'm usually just making stuff Is there out. another one that's a, a, a true story? Um, The Back 80 felt like a true story. Oh, okay, The Back 80 is a true story. Oh, there we go. Do I know your songs Dude, better you, than you? you really, like, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. You listen. talk about the songs better than I do. I don't BS. When I say I'm going to yeah. I like I just didn't pick it out of, like, oh, Gibby was a cool guy. I've been listening to your Thanks, album man. since I saw it. Like, Thank I love your album. Thank you. Thank you for, like, getting into it. So when you really. see, like, 5,000 listens, just be like, Sully. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> So tell me about the back. Oh, he's my guy. The back eighty is a. Uh, uh, um, it's a. Uh, it's eighty acres of property, um, behind my uncle's cabin, in Flambeau, Wisconsin. So this is what you were telling me about earlier. Yes. Where yes, you so go? Telling you about the cabin. Tell this me the place. This is the place I've been going to every summer since I was like a baby. And what would be happening there? Well, so the back eighty. Um, and this is where it, your cousins would be. Yeah. Well, this is so. This is the part, really, of the of the of the the property, I guess, that you really don't go to that much, right? So it's a waterfront, lakefront property. So you're usually spending time on the dock, on the boat, 
we we love like water skiing and like just going on boat rides and stuff. But then there's like these 80 acres of just land, which is like, and for a long time it was just like brush. Like it was just um, totally unmanaged, just like, you know, wild. And now actually my uncle's made it, uh, he, he put like a little like, like, uh, like, uh, like a little like garage out there. Like a, he built like a little structure and they're, they're like growing food out there now and stuff. Um, but it, I guess when we were kids, it was, um, you know, we went back there one, one time and, um, we were shooting like rifles, like clay pigeons, and we all got attacked by ticks. Um, so, you know, ticks everywhere. Um, I guess it's like kind of going back to like the danger thing. Like the back 80 was sort of like a, it's just, you know, it's kind of like a dangerous place, I guess. Deep, dark woods. Yeah, it's the deep, dark woods. You know, it's the scary woods. And um, I guess I just liked that. And I just started singing about it. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know. But uh, the, the, um, the story is just that there's this place, there's this the, the back 80, um, you know, there's, there, there might be like dead bodies buried out there. Um, and, uh, there's, there's secrets back there, you know, and it's like, it's the not so pleasant side of, um, right. In, of in what the, might be like a very beautiful play. You know what I mean? Like, you mentioned yeah. a murderer in the song, don't you? Yeah. I, yeah, probably. Yeah. You know, cause I was trying to, think, I was trying to think like, is this a dream sequence is this, is yeah. this like something like out of their mate like I wonder, or is it like a real? Again, it could be either one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's probably more of a dream sequence. Yeah, um, it's uh, there's a lot of talk about like, uh, like you know, um, like generational stuff, like talking about like the people uh, who you know, because at this point, this property's now been like passed down by like three generations. Um, so it's talking about the past and, you know, all the, all the skeletons. It's kind of a skeletons in the closet kind of story, I guess. You guys um, ever play uh, Ghosts in the Graveyard in the Woods? Do you know what what is, is, what was that one? We yeah. definitely played probably something like similar to that. So when we would, it's where I grew We'd do like cops and robbers. Okay, you know? so we would like, do Ghosts in the Graveyard, somebody has a flashlight mm-hmm. and everybody hides in the woods at night mm-hmm. and then it's flashlight tag basically. Yeah. But they call it ghosts in the graveyard. Nice. And yeah. 80 yeah. acres in the woods would be pretty scary. Yeah. 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 There's bears up there and stuff. Um, so when you, so you were telling me, uh, when we were grabbing our other beer earlier before when we were off mic that you went there every summer mm-hmm. and not just did you have these, these woods there, the deep dark woods, but there was always music going around. Mm-hmm. There was always everybody playing mm-hmm. just to play. Correct? Yeah. 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 My, uh, my cousins, Jack and Joel, uh, were Joel's a drummer. Jack's a guitar player. Uh, my uncle Jim is a guitar player. Um, he's really good. My cousin Connor plays bass. Um, my cousin Mark plays drums and guitar. And so you'd all be there. We'd all be there. For the uh, whole summer. No, uh, I, some of them would go up for, yeah, they'd spend the whole summer there. We would usually go for like two weeks. Um, and, uh, so we would just catch like two weeks of, um, yeah, we'd go out on the boat and like, you know, I learned to water ski and, and, um, 
you know, did some cool water ski, like barefoot water skiing and like skiing on canoe paddles and stuff like that. We got into all that kind of shit. Th- there's um, a, there's a guy in my town. Mm-hmm. I was like, you're bullshitting me. He's like, no, no, no. Th- there's like a scene for oh, yeah. barefoot water skiing. Oh yeah. I'm like, are you, are you jerking me around here, dude? And he's like, no, I'm telling yeah. you, there's a whole group. There's, it's like <laughs> yeah. a thing. Yeah. So you're confirming barefoot water barefoot skiing. Barefoot water skiing is a thing. Is a thing. I can definitely confirm I've done it. Um, not in a very long time. Does and it hurt? Yeah, it hurts. <laughs> you have to wear you have to wear a wetsuit uh, so that water doesn't go up your butt. Because when you're barefooting, and it's all the water is just like coming right up. Um, it's like an enema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to to prevent the enema, you have to wear a wetsuit. Um, and if you fall, the boat has to be going really fast for you to be able to. Because what oh, you do oh, is to get up. What you do is you're on a ski. You're on one ski. The boat gets going really fast. You take one foot out, you put it that in the water, so you're kind of like, and you're just like leaning back, and then you remove the other foot, and you're just... On your heels? Yeah, just on your heels. On like this much of your foot, you know? Um, you just showed me like... A I half, just showed you like, half, yeah, like a half inch. That's <laughs> it. So you're basically skimming the water. Yeah, so then, yeah, of course, like you end up falling on your, just going on your face, and... Okay, so we did all that. We did all the crazy, like, trick water ski stuff. And then, um, yeah, my, uh, it was really my cousins, like Jack and Joel were a bit older than us. So they like had been playing for a while, like when the rest of us were kind of young. Um, but yeah, they would, I mean, they would just start ripping, just, just jamming and like playing some original stuff and doing covers and, um, it's cool. Like, like over the years, it's like everybody just, you know, there, there's like a couple songs that everyone kind of like remembers and, um, yeah. So I think that that probably how big an influence? How big an influence? In I don't know. Was? Yeah, I, th- I think probably a pretty big influence because I think at the time I was really young and I think I just the only musicians I knew. I didn't have like a lot of friends that were musicians. Um. The only musicians I knew were, like, famous celebrity, like, you know, like, just the famous, like, icons, like, Jimi Hendrix and, like, Eric Clapton. And, yeah, like, I really loved, like, ACDC, you know. Um, and uh, so to, like, see people doing it in front of you that, like, you know, it's like, these are just, like, my cousins. And they were, like, really good, yeah, you know. Um, so anyone can just, like, you know, pick up a guitar and start playing. You know, so I think that that probably did um, plant a seed. Um, but I, th- I think it's when you're young, and you said there's the famous people you see. You go see a concert mm-hmm. and play, or you don't know them. And you're like, I could never do that. Yeah, that's like some. But Joel, but thing. Joel, your cousin Joel gets up, and you're like, what? Yeah, what? Joel. Yeah. Are you kidding? Mm-hmm. He's badass. Yeah. And you're like, wait a minute. And I think that sticks with you as a kid. I think those Definitely. are the pivotal moments. Yeah. Not, not these big like mind like trips. Mm-hmm. I think when you see something as a kid, and it sits and kind of there's like that gestation period we're talking about, like in songwriting, and you're mm-hmm. like, and you get and you get pulled to it. Like, wait a minute, I think I could do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, were you playing guitar at that point, or or was that? I don't even. Point, I don't even remember. Well, like. It's hard to even remember when I, like, when that 
seed may have been planted because like it we I've literally been going there like since I was a baby. Right. And yeah, like those guys were a couple years older than me, so I assume they if I'm 10 years old when I first pick up a guitar, yeah, I'd probably been there when I was 8 years old and they're like 13, 14 or whatever it is. Um and I'm seeing them play uh yeah. Yeah. And I remember like being like to my friends like you guys were starting a band, you know. And, like, none of us played any music. It's like, you get a drum set. I'm asking for a guitar for my birthday. Like, you ask for, like, a drum set for Christmas, and, and it's on, you know? Um, and, uh, <laughs> so...
your first band? First band, uh, it was called um, Seals with Suitcases. <laughs> it was me and my friend Anton and my friend Johnny. Um, we went through many phases. Um, oh, hold we were on. like an hold emo on. band. For, we changed our name a lot, too. Everybody is. How old are you at this point? Like 13. Love it. Seals, 13 or 14. Why was it Seals with Suitcases? I have no idea. Nobody ever remembers. I have no idea. But... Um, I love band names. They're so fun. Yeah, when you're younger. Yeah, like when we were then, we were like an emo band called like Breaking the Contract, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, and then we tried to be like a techno band. You know, like we bought a keyboard and like, all with the same guys. Like, yes, yes, yes. Like so we, you kept, we kept rebranding. <laughs> um, went through like a reggae phase. I started smoking weed and listening to like Sublime and Slightly <laughs> Stupid and. And then got into more like the indie rock stuff, and then, um, yeah, yeah. So I've been through all the phases. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I just, I just think it's funny. Is, is well, it's fits your advertising. I'm sure you love changing the brand because you could kind mm-hmm. of work in a little bit uh, different logos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely different logos. And um, did all those bands like, play originals, or do they do they do covers? originals? Yeah. All you bands in originals. Yeah, yeah. I've only really ever done original music. Okay, hold on. Let's go through it. Yeah. Seals of Suitcases. Yeah. What was their best song? Oh, wow, man. Um, we had this song called uh, Sydney, where we'd go, Dear Sydney, gonna buy me a race car and drive my way to you. I mean, that's just great. That's a good melody. That's great. You that know? sounds like Blink-182 shit, Come dude. On. You know, that's good. I mean, like, that's good. Yeah. Memory. Oh, yeah. Well, totally influenced by Blink. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, see, I called that out. What was the next band? Well, the rebrand. Well, oh, rebrand. There were several rebrands, but I think one of the one of the the more like significant ones was when we started doing more acoustic. Um, when I moved to the acoustic guitar and started to learn how to play reggae music, that was like a big shift. When I learned how to skank, you know. When I could go wick, 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 wick. Um, that was a big deal um, because me and my buddy Johnny would do uh, like dual acoustic, like duo acoustic stuff um, where one of us is skanking and the other's riffing and then we're doing, we're, you know, writing verses and choruses. That like was where I feel like I really started to like write songs actually. And I feel like I still kind of write songs in like the same way. In the reggae vibe. Yeah. Yeah, um, I just love playing guitar like that. Um, so, so simple and like just fun. And um, what was the song? Oh man, um, what was the name of the band? The, that band, uh, Tujunga. Tujunga. <laughs> <laughs> and how do we spell Tujunga? T U J U N G A. It's like Jenga, but it's Tujunga. Mm-hmm. T- Tujunga. Tujunga. What is what, what's Tujunga? It was just me and my buddy Johnny, and we uh, we would do live recordings of um, the two of us playing acoustic guitar and singing, writing reggae songs. We like made them into CDs, like made artwork, like passed them out at school, like did that whole thing. Um, yeah, we had an album with like twelve songs on it. I've tried to recover some of it, and I can't. It's, like, all on, like, computers that have, like, died out now. You know what I mean? And, like, I can't, like, get on to them anymore. Like, uh, I just was... I, me and my friends made so much content, 
like video, like just stupid videos and like little movies and stuff. And like, I had them all on like the family computer. And like one day my dad was like, yeah, like that computer was like broken. So I got a new one and I just like had nothing backed up. And I didn't realize like at the time, like how much I was going to grow to regret not being like, dad, where exactly did you drop that computer off? I need to back up the files. Like I just, I hate myself for, for not acting in that moment because we lost so much gold. There's so much like just music, so many like stupid songs that I wrote with my friends and that we recorded. And, um, yeah. So give me the, the Tajanga, including the the Tajanga album, Tajanga, Tajanga's day. See, see, I'm already on Jenga. So yeah, yeah. Give me a song from there. Give me a melody from a song there. Um, Oh my God. Come on, reach back. Oh, really reaching back. Um, we had a song, I think it was, how did it go? It was like Pretty Little Lady. It was like, Pretty Little Lady walking down the street tonight. Like, um, damn, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really struggling to, um, I'm going to call your dad. I to think remember he, he the to, songs. He needs to find uh, this computer, man. Yeah. I'm just saying. Um, there were some hits on it, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's this fight. So I used to, li- I used to live in Oak Park, and I, mm-hmm. um, I managed a bakery, uh, Great Harvest, for back in the 90s, and when my band was going. And we used to practice in the basement of the bakery. The, the owner was awesome. He would let us do that. Mm-hmm. So basically it was like freestyle bread. Yeah. Whatever. And then so in the mornings I would, you know, bake bread and I'd work from like four in the morning to like noon or one. Yeah. Take a nap. And then we'd have band practice from like eight to midnight. Oh, yeah. So it was just, it was awesome. So when I was doing that, one of the things that Great Harvest did is they wanted to do like an outreach for the, like for the kids. And at that time, Great Harvest did like free slices. And we were down from Oak Park Reverse High School. So all these high school kids would come through after school for free bread slices. And I said to my boss, like, hey, I, I would love to do like a, a concert series. Yeah. And I'll have bands from Chicago, like a, 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 a local band that's got a good following, perform. Mm-hmm. But two high school bands can, can open up. So then we'll right. get the kids to come in. So I called it the Grow Room. Like for like for weed, <laughs> nobody got it. the kids got it, but nobody else got it. So the idea was that the younger bands could grow and play with the the sign bands. Cool. And I had this reggae band Gazay come and play, hmm. never thinking that they were all going to be smoking weed. <laughs> so we're having it in the gymnasium at Oak Park River High School, and I got people to donate couches, food. I had like. A free food. Yeah. So kids could go there and just like veg out. And so there was Gazay performing the reggae band. They were the big headliner. And one of the high school kids, I'll get this. This is my New York stories. Their band was called Hairpiece. H-A-I-R-P-E-A-C-E. Mm. And <laughs> dead cover band, obviously. So they're a bunch <laughs> of deadhead 16, 17-year-olds. So wow. Cool. And you're going to talk about a hit song. Yeah. I'm going to get to two things. One, don't have 
<laughs> reggae bands play with high school kids. Because when I went to the parking lot to find hairpiece, they were all smoking weed with Gazette in the van. I'm like, oh my god, the cops are going to be here. You guys can't do this. Right. I'm like in charge of this thing. I was here. like, no way. You guys. So there's like and Gazette, uh, hairpiece had like nine kids in it. Like they had like the horn section and everything. So then the, it was like the, the van opened up with the weed. I'm like, everybody out, hairpiece, you're on. I'm like, Gazette, guys, you got to stop. So hairpiece gets up and they perform this song, Milkman. And it's all about like the milkman delivering milk to the school. But the, the, the whole hook was 2%, give me 2%. And I'm, I have a gymnasium of like 200 kids, and they're all screaming, 2%, give me oh, 2%. Wow. And I was thinking, if a record label was here, right. these kids would get signed mm-hmm. for that yeah. song alone because that hook... Just look at this room, yeah. It was, it was incredible. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it was just like unbelievable. Like, uh-huh. 16, 17, like they wrote that. Yeah. And it seems so... But not or just lame or just like, but when you put it in music and you put it together mm-hmm. and and venue and yeah, you know, it was it was that's beautiful, man. Yeah, that's but that's really cool. that's, so yeah. to bring it back to Jenga, mm-hmm. not to Jenga. When you yeah. say like, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, you had some good songs. It doesn't matter how old you are. Mm-hmm. You can always write a hook. Yeah, you can always write something that's catchy. And yeah. just because a lot of people don't hear it doesn't mean it doesn't have value. Mm-hmm. That's my whole point. Yeah. Oh, no, it's, that's totally true. Like, it, and it's, yeah, it's just so much fun. Like, when that feeling that, like, that you wrote the hook, you know, just like, oh, my God, that's great. Like, I love that. I just love that. And everybody and looks like, at you in the band. Yeah. Like, Dude, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think I'm, I'm just, I'm really grateful that I discovered that at a young age, you know, that, yeah, like anyone can write a hook that it's like, it's not this crazy, like mystical thing that like only like Eric Clapton knows how to do, you know what I mean? Like, again, like go bring it back to like seeing my cousins play, you know, it's like, Oh wow. Like this. Yeah. Look, realizing how accessible it is at a young age, like it was great. Cause I don't know what I would do. Like, I don't know what, what would be my thing if I didn't have music.
you know. We were yeah. talking about this too, though. How many? You said you had some friends that got married, and like, well, I guess I'm done with music. Mm-hmm. You're like, what, what, what do you mean you're done with music? What yeah. does that mean? Yeah. Yeah, like it, like it was a choice you were making the whole time to like be a musician. It's like it's not even a choice. It's like, um, well, it should be a lifestyle. Yeah, it's like saying like, oh, you're not gonna like go out on like walks anymore. It's like you know how you like kind of like getting fresh air and like walking outside <laughs> to the park and like you're just not gonna do that anymore because it's like you're not you're not actually really benefiting from that. There's not you know. No one's paying you to do it. No one's, you know, like, like, no, I I like the fresh air. I just want to, you know, that's it. I just like the fresh air. Yeah, it's good for your soul. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's, it's good to get out there. I can't quantify why, but it is. I know it is good. Yeah. So I only try to interview people that I, I think are not FOS, full of shit, mm. where when they say, like, they're going to keep doing it, they're going to keep doing it. And you just, you seem like that guy. Um, do you see yourself regardless of where life takes you? Cause I know you just got married, mm-hmm. you know, whether you have kids or not, that's a, that's another, yeah, that's a, a thing. That's an energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a thing. All right. Yeah. I got three mm-hmm. of them. Um, but I still try to make the time. Yeah. Do you think you're that guy? You, I, yeah. I, I think you're that guy. Yeah, so. I do. I do. I do think I'm that guy. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I imagine that I will continue um, playing shows or recording music for as long as I am around. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, I don't know where it's leading. I don't know what, you know, what this whole thing is, but, um, yeah, I'll always, I'll always do it. Unless like something fundamentally changes, you know, in, in my, my psyche. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've just, I've been doing it now for so long also that um, I've been singing and playing guitar since I was 10. So, yeah. Yeah. Fundamentally change though, like what would change? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think that anything could, yeah, could, could replace it or, or get in the way of it. I hope not. Um, yeah, I'm certainly. I'm. I'm sure it will get more challenging um, to find the time. Um, but you know, I'm actually pretty good at time management. I've learned about myself. Like I've always used. Um, like I've always written to do lists. You know, big like, like I I like organization. You know. I like discipline. You like, like seeing that I did this. Yes. Did like it's like I'll write it down just for the satisfaction of crossing it off. Yeah. You so know? It's right here. Right here. Yeah. You got your list. It's yeah. My song list right now. Yeah. The oh, yeah. I'm, these are the songs I'm working on. Right. Right there. It's right right here. It's always there. I know it's there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I'm constantly updating yeah. it. So new songs. I want to wrap this up. But yeah. You said you're writing some new songs. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm working on something right now with Tomek. Who we talked about? Oh, he's earlier. back! Hey, Tomac, yeah, Tomac's back. I love your production, baby. Tomac's back, and um, he actually didn't really go anywhere. But uh, oh, cool. he, quick question: Did he yeah. mix the album also? Or did you mix it together? Yeah, he he mixed it, and then I think we mastered it through like some kind of like service. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he recorded, produced, mixed it. Um, uh, so we've been doing uh, we've been doing some recordings. Um, and uh, I have no idea 
how long it's going to take before we're done. How many songs um, do you have right now? So it's going to be... Uh, I don't know, actually. I don't know, actually. But I, I think it's just going to be a five-song album. But each song is, like, long. Um, they're, like, six or seven minutes long. So it's kind of a weird... Um, it's like a 1970s record. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be, like, just straight story... Um, it's, I'm, I'm trying to do like the, like the book of short stories thing again. Um, but that think, feels like I your wheelhouse. That feels like your yeah. wheelhouse. Yeah. And this one's going to be a little weirder. Can you give me an acapella melody of something you're doing right now? Um, well, I think I played one of the songs at Montrose. Oh, which one? Um, I think the one I played first is a song called They Call Him Lake. Yes. They call yep. him Lake. He spends all of his days riding around on a jet ski. That's the first line, but... Um, Keep going. That's, well, that, that's it. That's, that's good. It. That's it. Um, uh, yeah. Um, so that's what I'm working on right now. And then I have, like, I have, like, a bunch of other songs that, like, I want to put into an album that just have not, you know, have, they've never seen the light of day, but I still like them. Um, like I'm always writing and, um, coming up with new stuff and there's old, there's old ones that I still want to finish and take through the whole like process of recording them and putting them out. Um, if you could give advice to somebody about music mm. as far as just doing it or writing, what would it be? Um, man. I'm trying to think of like. It won't be the words of wisdom from mm, Gibby Tombs mm, on. Yeah. You know. <laughs> to your to your future kid. Yeah. Or or anybody that's like ah, I'm too old or I'm I'm too young or I'm not a good guitar player or I'm not a good singer. I would say, yeah, to those people, that like the intrinsic value of um, writing songs is worth it. Like, it really is such an enjoyable experience to write songs. Like, I don't know, like, it to the point where, like, I just, I mean, it's, like, going to sound, like, condescending to, like, say it out loud. It's, like, I just feel bad for people that don't write songs. Like, I just feel like, oh, man, like, that feeling of, like, the right line over the right chord. Like, I just, like, I love that. I love the process of it so much. Um, and I feel like the advice is love the process of it. Like, like learn to like really like, cause you, one of the hardest things in life is like connecting with the present moment, you know, like not worrying about your job, your thing that you got coming up in the future. Like it's, so, it's, it's so easy for us to sit, sit around and go, just live in the moment, man. Like, come on, man. Like when your friends like kind of bummed out and you're hanging out, it's like, dude, come on. Just like, it's like, it's really hard to do that, to actually be present in the moment. But like something like songwriting requires you to be totally in the, or performing songs also. Like it just requires you to be in the present moment. And, um, but like on your own terms, you know what I mean? Like you're focusing on something that like you created, like you're not like focusing on like a task that your boss gave you you know um so like forget all the other bullshit forget about 
the social media followers, the amount of plays on Spotify, like, uh, like forget about the career of it. Like just doing it is so enjoyable if you like really get into it. And like, if you're into it at all right now, then like you have the potential to like, you probably already know what I'm talking about, you know, like this just like intrinsic value. Um, and, uh, just, you know, fall in love with it. It's awesome. It's just fun. It's cool too. You know, like it's really cool. Dude, that's probably the, the that's the best advice you give anybody. Just because yeah. you don't have to be the best guitar player. No. The best singer. No. But if you can put together a bunch of oh, bunch of words. Here's a line that you wrote that I love. Mm -hmm. I'm probably gonna bastardize it. Okay. I don't I can't I'm blanking on the song it's from. But you said the sun is acting shady. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I haven't seen it in a week. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's a great line. Thank you. Did I say that Thank right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, that's it. Yeah, the sun is acting shady. I haven't seen it for weeks. That's yeah. it. Right. I was yeah. like, oh, I, again, just like listening to me, like, wait, did he just say that? That's a great line. But Thanks. That, that, yeah. That, that's what I'm talking about. Just like, yeah, I probably, I don't even like remember that instance, but like. Yeah, I know I had that thought of like, oh, the sun is acting kind of shady. Like, that's awesome. You know what I mean? And it's like, even if like, it, even if it's not, you know what I mean? Like, that's very nice of you to say. But, but it's, it's a like, smart line. Dude, like, that's, I love, I love matching those lines up with, you know, a, a guitar sound that I really like, you know? Like, and that's it. That's all it has to be. That love for that, like, moment that you get when you, when you get it, you know, you know. Give you tubes. Awesome. Sully, thank you so much. Dude, let's do it again. You're the man. I want to know the next Thank you for the Guinness. Yeah. Oh, so it's Guinness. <laughs>